There's nothing like a big plate of pasta to comfort the soul. I'm Emily Morgan, and this is another episode of The Grand Life. Today, we, Mike and I, chat about our first ever live video event. It was a cooking show, and if you didn't join us live, you can see how things went by watching the replay from our Facebook page. There's a post there with a link to the video recording on YouTube. I think it went pretty well, Mike. What's your opinion? I was delighted. You know, it was an experiment. I labeled it experimental just about every way I could, which was supposed to set expectations low. Well, my expectations were exceeded and a couple of reasons. One is that our guests, John and Patty, are a great pair. They're brother and sister. They've been working in the kitchen since they were little children and now they're grandparents. And so we got the benefit of their years of experience as siblings, as cooks, and as TV chefs. Yeah, they were so fun. They really knew what they were doing. And uh, just I learned so much about not just about doing a live event, although I think my mother mentioned that I moved around too much, that I needed to stand still more. That's what mommies do. I guess so. But also lots of tips on cooking with our grands. So first of all, age-appropriate dishes. And I think I have failed on this point several times while cooking with our grandchildren. I think trying to make pasta for the first time, like spaghetti or fettuccine. I was still learning how to use the machine. I was having a hard time. It didn't really work out well. And finally, they lost interest and they were running around the house and I was making the pasta all by myself. So I think I need to wait until they're just a little bit older or maybe more one-on-one with um, some of the older ones. So, And then wearing the correct attire. Now, I have bought chef hats from Ikea for the kids to wear. And sometimes they like wearing them and sometimes they don't. But one listener wrote about making the aprons herself. She said, I made each of them their own aprons using fun kids fabric. I'm not much of a seamstress, but they are easy to make and enhance the cooking experience. And I'd have to say, I think that would be fun. I'm not sure I'm going to do that just because I'm not, I'm really not much of a seamstress. I really don't love that. Although that gives me a thought that maybe it would be fun to do a live video of um, sewing, having um, some grandmother come and talk about sewing and sewing with your grandkids. That would be fun. Another one of the uh, suggestions they made was having a stool handy. Now, they mentioned that they just, when they were kids, they stood on, like, orange crates and stuff from their... I think Patty mentioned her father was worked at the public market. Um, but anyway, you know, I know they have these fancy ones at Amazon that you can buy that are quite expensive. But, you know, whatever you have, you can pick a stool and make sure they're up near the sideboard so you can... Now, we call it sideboard in New England, and now I've, I'm back in New Hampshire and I'm thinking sideboard, but counter, whatever you want to call it. A stool is a good idea. Um, washing hands, they mentioned, you know, how they play this game when they wash their hands, so I thought that sounded like a really fun idea. What's the game? Well, they sing a Dean Martin song. When the moon hits your eye like a big bat. Yeah, right. Whatever it is. Yeah, right. Um, that one. As and, opposed to happy birthday to you two right, types. Right, Exactly. So pick a song, pick a song that represents the culture you came from or something that you really like so they'll remember it as opposed to just happy birthday. And then my favorite one was creating um, a notebook for each one of the grands. And we're going to talk a little bit um, about that 
in terms of like where you get the recipes. So Mike, where are we going to get these recipes where we create a notebook for each of our grands? Well, the recipes for what we did in the live show are on Facebook. There's a post with a link there that takes you to a nice color illustration with recipes and directions for the ricotta nochi and the simple marinara sauce. You did not say nochi. For the ricotta gnocchi. Nope. <laughs> you weren't listening. <laughs> I was a little focused on some other things. So it's either gnocchi or gnocchi, but it's never nochi. <laughs> they made a big deal out of that. Okay, well, my apologies to them for being a bad student. <laughs> Wait until I make it, and then you'll know what bad is. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so I, I think these ideas of the recipes and the notes is such a great idea because you get these little notebooks. I mean, they don't, they're not expensive. I'm going to buy 10 notebooks, and I'm going to start them as soon as possible. And making gnocchi is a great plan, I think, because if you watch the video on YouTube you'll see that it's super simple, age-appropriate, fun, hands-on, perfect for little, even little kids. So, I mean, even if you just give them a piece of the flour and let them play around with it like a piece of Play-Doh. So it's a great idea, and uh, John and Patty did such a great job. There were other things I learned about Italian cooking, like put the salt in when the water boils and not until, I guess. And now we know why, right? Well, it dissolves better. That's all I could gather from what I looked in as I researched it a little bit because I always put the salt in at the very beginning. And maybe that's why I have those little spots on the bottom of my pots and pans, you know, because they, if you put them in when it's hot, if you put the salt in when it's hot, it's not going to, it's going to dissolve immediately. So that's probably a better idea. Um, they mentioned pouring the tomato sauce onto a wooden spoon so that it doesn't splatter all over the place, which is a great idea, especially when you're talking about a 28-ounce big thing of tomato sauce. If you let your grandchild pour that in, it's going to be all over the place. So that's a great idea. Never thought about that. Putting the gnocchi in the fridge once it's rolled out for about 10 minutes helps. So that's a great idea. It just kind of sets it, I guess. And then using a strainer to shake off the extra flour. So you you make these little gnocchis and then you put them on a flour covered cookie sheet kind of thing. And then when you're ready to put them into the water, you, you know, you kind of shake off all of the extra flour, which is a great idea. And then use the, this one I loved. Use the rind of the cheese to add flavor to the sauce. And they talked about using Parmesan or um, oh, Pecorino or Romano, or any of those where you have these rinds when you're buying kind of fresh cheese, good cheese, as opposed to like the stuff in the plastic jar with the green top on it or whatever. If you're using real cheese, you have that rind and you stick it in your marinara sauce. And so I'm anxious to do that when I get home with the grandkids. Like immediately I'm going to plan that event. Um, and, you know, I I learned so much because, you know, I'm not Italian. I never grew up in an Italian home. So these are things that I think come naturally to John and Patty, but not to me. So it was a great learning experience. And part of that learning experience is getting feedback from the audience. So we're interested to know, have you watched the replay yet? Or did you watch it live? And we also want to know, is a live video episode something that you'd want to see again? Or is a recorded video enough so that you can take a look at it anytime you want? 
What kinds of topics would you be interested in learning about on a live video episode of The Grand Life? What time and day do you prefer watching? Let us know. We're interested in all these things. So drop us a line at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. In our last episode, I invited listeners to send in something they would like to share in lieu of the Stretch It Takes essay that I usually write. Today, listener Doreen Mills wrote in to share some lessons learned about cooking with her grands. I just heard on your most recent podcast episode about your upcoming episode with chefs. We hold a two-day overnight camp grandma and grandpa each summer for our grandchildren, now ages 2 to 16. We began this tradition when our oldest grandchild was 5. Over the years of camps, there have been times when I didn't have the skills or desire to produce an experience for the children myself. I have shied away from a space theme because I know next to nothing about astronomy, or a music theme because I have no musical talent. That said, I have sometimes used a local expert or a community event as the central avenue of teaching related to the theme. Adding such elements means we are all learning or experiencing together, and it takes the pressure off of me and Grandpa. Regardless of the theme, I always do a lot of preparation and learn all I can so that I can take advantage of teaching moments and just to have more fun with the grands. As an example, this past July, our theme was Kids Can Cook, and we had a local professional chef teach the seven attendees, ages 5 to 16, during a two-hour session where the kids produced a menu the chef came up with. The chef brought most of the tools and food, but we purchased white aprons the kids decorated prior to the chef's arrival, and the kids got to take home real knives they learned to use, cutting boards, etc. The chef taught the kids how to chop, slice, mince, grate, stir, bake, cook, thicken, use a blender, and other cooking skills. Of course, I could have personally taught them many of these skills, but I'm no expert, and the kids enjoyed the novelty of having a special guest. Also, it reduced the anxiety I would have felt having to be attentive to teaching skills to that many kids all at once. Sharp knives and young kids made me a little nervous to contemplate, and I realized I wasn't comfortable with the potential for harm. Safety is always a paramount concern for me. As it turned out, the chef taught them patiently and with good humor and safety while I was happily relegated to his assistant. I should add that this chef had cooked a family dinner in my son's home on a prior occasion, so the kids were at least familiar with him and he with them. We always include a service component for our camps, and we link it to the theme. The one the kids did for the 2021 camp was a food drive for our community food pantry. They passed out flyers to our neighborhood the first morning of camp and then picked up and delivered the donated food the next morning. We included reading a children-targeted book together about food insecurity. With my husband and me, they also learned to plan meals, make grocery lists, and shop for groceries. During the shopping trip, we let them have $10 each to spend on buying food to add to the donated food as well. In addition, we did two science experiments, edible glass and edible water bubbles, which were fascinating and a blast. We made homemade pizzas, air-fried french fries cut with a special fry cutter, 
ate s'mores around a fire, slept in tents, and much more. After it was all said and done, the kids were very proud of themselves and their new skills. It was fun, tasty, and empowering. What made me think of sharing the above is that some grandparents may find cooking with their grandchildren daunting, and hiring someone to come into their home might be an alternative. This could hold true for anything they want to share with their grands. I am working now in the camp for this year, and it will likely have a space theme because the grands have asked for it a few times. My expert will probably be the guide at the local planetarium, as well as a night guide in the great outdoors. And of course, I will learn the basics and present some great space-related activities I can readily find with the help of Google. It will be a stretch for me, but oh, what fun! Thanks, Doreen, for that great contribution. I have to say that one of the best parts of doing this podcast is hearing from our listeners. So please send us some feedback. You can rate and review the podcast in whatever means you use to listen to our normal episodes. Or you can email me at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. A preview of our next episode comes up here in just a few seconds. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thank you for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. We were very fortunate enough to see both our granddaughter, who's the oldest, and then our grandson about a year later take their first steps on Facebook portal. I mean, how we lucked out to be able to catch those moments. It's like they had a relationship with us at a year or a little over a year, and they really wanted to impress us. So mom and dad knew they were fixing to take those, I mean, the applause and the clapping that happened, and they could do it. Yay! That's next time on The Grand Life.